And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why are you so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD for GD. So head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear. Because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently the Matthews House. They're a nonprofit that empowers youth and families by building trusting relationships. Their Strengthening Families program takes a holistic approach in helping at risk families achieve stability. This helps disrupt the cycles of poverty and abuse. So, like I said, head on over to gd4gd.com and buy some dope gear. Really great cause. Awesome stuff over there. I'm Jacob, and alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And unlike normally, we do not have our anonymous third co host. We have, I mean, practically a lifelong friend for me. We have a massive upgrade from the co-host. From the anonymous co-host. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but uh, well, I don't know about that. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> First podcast. Don't worry. Nobody listens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Now we have that fan now. Shout out to uh, the waitress at Odell's. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. We got to get her on one She's of these. Yeah. If, if you're listening, reach out on Instagram. Yeah. You told me that you would and you haven't yet. <laughs> I'm waiting. So it's your pick. Yeah, on these on these guests on these guest ones, we always let the guest pick the movie. Um, yeah, announce it, whatever. I don't know if you and usually it's like a maybe it's a movie that's a favorite of yours, like what Tyler did, or it's a movie that you haven't seen before, kind of like what Caden did. So yeah, so I'm hoping that we all haven't seen this one. I just saw an ad for it the other day. All right, it's new on Netflix, Bollywood. It's called White Tiger. I have not it looks seen it. Crazy. I have not <laughs> seen it. That's crazy. A Bollywood movie. Yeah. Wow. All right. Do you know? Do you know much about it? I don't know too much. I watched the ad. Looks like it's about a driver in India, kind of lower level employee. Oh, is, it, is it this one? Uh, I don't know from the picture. The White Tiger. It looks new. On yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is gonna be my first twenty twenty one movie. Um, All right, here we go. I think it's like Nick Jonas's wife is in this. Oh yeah. Pranaya, uh, Priyanka Chopra. Okay. I'm wow, pretty sure you, it's Nick Jonas. It's one I'm of the not Jonas even going to attempt to pronounce <laughs> yeah, these this other names. Gonna, <laughs> I will be calling them by their actual names in the movies. An ambitious Indian driver use, uses his wit and cunning to escape from poverty and rise to the top in epic journey based on the New York Times bestseller. All right. Very nice. Anything you want to add? I think I'm good. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you on the other side. When I first saw him, I knew then this was the master for me. I want to be a driver for your son. Hey, how much rope? Hey, don't do that. <laughs> hey, driver! I'm Pinky, nice to meet you. Balram, have you ever seen a computer? We had many of them in the village with the goats. The goats are pretty advanced to use computer. Okay, now you're being a jerk. I didn't like the way he had spoken about me. Since I was a boy, 
the desire to be a servant had been hammered into my skull. I, Balram Halwai, I drove the car. I was alone in the car. They made me sign that confession. Why would you kick him? Why would you hit him like that? You're my driver. I want to break free. I want to break free. They had plans. I had plans too. I want to break free from your lies. You're so self-satisfied of me. I would have to become the creature that gets born only once every generation. The white tiger. That's what I call myself these days. I'm just one who has woken up while the rest of you are still sleeping. All right, we're back. Um, that was, I think, the only only the second Bollywood movie I've ever seen. It's like this and the uh, Who Wants to Be a Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog. That's the name of it. Yeah. I kept thinking about that. As like music wise for this movie, I kept thinking about Slumdog. This is far better than Slumdog. I hate Slumdog Millionaire. It's like one of my <laughs> least favorite movies. It's Why so do you annoying. Like that one. I have no idea. It's I don't just, even. I remember watching that, but I don't even remember that much about if I liked it or disliked it. But I think we watched it in school, and that just naturally oh, well, makes me hate it. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was a very interesting movie. I um, it's interesting. It's it's like a different type of storytelling than what we have in the U.S. Yeah, like there's not very many stories that like kind of unfold like this, where there's like not really a conclusion. I really liked it. Like as far as my first thoughts on it, um, I loved that it was. I loved the story. I think I think the acting also was really fucking good. Like the main character guy. Yeah, he was a he great was actor. Really good. But um, it reminded me a lot of like a different type of like come up story. Like I mean, the other ones that were coming to mind were like Wolf of Wall Street or like all those other ones of like people hustling. Um, and getting to the top, but this was like a really dark version of that, like really mm-hmm. dark in the end too. <laughs> yeah, not, it may have affected our perception of it, but Tate and I are kind of buzzed. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we a had a bloody bloody during the movie. <laughs> this is the first like brunch brunch time movie we've ever done, so we had to have a bloody. Yeah, got a couple beers now, and I would be too, but I have heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> It Jake sucks Hondin, getting old. Condon Tums over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were your first initial thoughts? Well, the movie was really interesting because I think the characters were really dynamic. Like I kept flip flopping on whether or not I knew what their prerogative was. Yeah. I was like, where are they going with this? I couldn't decide for a lot of the movie whether the guy was a sociopath or if I kind of liked him. Yeah. <laughs> for the first, like, I mean, I think in the end, I still kind of liked him. Even though yeah. he had a very like the, the ending was really dark, but the and I I made one of my notes of like 
he's going to go insane and like like just the way that he's getting treated i was just like he's going to snap at some point cuz like if you're a if you're like a servant and you like believe that you're a servant for the rest of your life you'll take that kind of treatment all day every day and like not say anything about it but he was a servant just to get on top and just to like work his way up and so i knew that at some point he was going to snap i was like a when is that going to happen and then b I made a note when it did happen, <laughs> which... Oh, well, so, Tate, you called it on the scene yeah. before it even happened. So, to kind of lay the scene, he's walking through this village, and I don't even know what he did before it, but he just had this crazy look in his eyes, and Tate goes, oh, he's going insane right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, whatever, I didn't really give any credence to it. And then he keeps walking, walks around these kids, walks up to this, like, homeless-looking guy who's squatting. <laughs> taking a shit and the guy's just laughing at him and then he whips his belt open yeah. just full eye contact the whole time whips his belt open the guy starts laughing harder pulls his pants down squats in front of him so it's just two guys squatting in a field taking a shit like laughing feet away from each other <laughs> yeah. at each other and there's no explanation in the movie and then they just cut scene from there that was the most random scene in it this was entire so movie. bizarre i thought he was gonna like start peeing on the guy i thought you know, i thought it was, like this may be a weird th- like dark way i thought, that my mind gonna sexual. I thought yeah. he was gonna get sexual yeah. i thought he was gonna be like oh my god i haven't been late in a year or whatever and he was just like i'm gonna yeah but i was like this is gonna be weird but instead he just squatted and took a shit and just mm-hmm. laughed i'm but glad you we called didn't. it right away that he was, was going insane crazy. yeah that's like yeah. right that's the minute and that he went insane and i think one thing i noticed for his character was that um, like for the first half of the film, like his, like I was just kept on thinking like his cheeks must've been hurting cause he was smiling every single scene. Like right. even when he was like, when he was a servant, he was always had a smile on his face. Whenever he was around anybody, he was kind of faking this like smile or putting on like a, putting on a face just to please everybody. And, and then the finally really it, nailed that. Oh yeah. Oh, it yeah. was the kind of fake smile. It was kind of cringy to watch. Yeah. And it's, you know, the type of smile when you're so uncomfortable and you just smiled like, oh yeah, yeah. Fun. <laughs> like, yeah, every single time he would see somebody, they'd say his name, he'd just walk up and be like, oh, yes, sir. And like, yeah. And, but then it, I think it flipped after that scene where he started to go crazy. And then after that, he just looked pissed and he just yeah. looked red, just angry at the world. And yeah, he didn't have that same look on his face anymore, but that that is one thing about his character that I like. Yeah, he did a really good great good job. But I think the beginning of the movie is kind of what you can point to is the reason why he wasn't like content with being a servant. It's because like from an early age they told him like, oh, you're the white tiger, you're the one that mm-hmm. grows up out of this. And if they would have never said that, he'd have just been content doing whatever it is that his like class does. Yeah. But because they told him that at the early age and they did take it away from him, like with his father dying, he was like, well, no, I'm still the white tiger. Yeah. He, he always kept it in his head and had that mentality. Um, but I thought that, well, and so I guess getting into the story real quick, I think one of the cool things that I liked about this film a lot was the, um, kind of highlights of like the cycles of people, but they highlight the cycles of poverty really well. And then I think they also highlight the cycles of the wealthy and like all the corruption that happens um, with either government or just within your own family. And like we talked about protecting your wealth and stuff Um, and just like how destructive both of those can be. Mm -hmm. Um, But because you you talked about in the film, how it reminded you of the show Succession. Yeah. And I think I haven't seen the show, but I know what that show is about. And now I'm like really curious to actually watch that show too, but, um, what the fuck? 
I've been telling you for the past like year and a half to watch that show. Yeah, but now that Jack mentions yeah. it, <laughs> it's such a frustrating life I lead. Well, you watch so much. I mean, you kind of have to take your recommendations <laughs> with the greatest salt. Yeah. How many movies did you watch last year? Like 236, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched like, I don't know, 10. Yeah. <laughs> and Succession. So I thought Succession was good. So, But yeah, anyhow, I really liked that um, aspect. And it was a really dark take on all of those mm. cycles that um, exist. Yeah, I am. Um, like actually the only note I have written down just because I didn't really quite know... It wasn't just with the storytelling. It wasn't like a normal type of movie where you can like kind of take notes and be like, okay, well, there's a good jumping off point. The only one I have written down is there a message in him using like an American computer, like blatantly, and then showing that he's like using an Apple computer when he's talking about like the downfall of like America, pretty much. Is there a certain irony that's supposed to be being portrayed there? Is like, is there a message behind that? They did talk about a lot about how Bangalore is kind of the driving place of silicon valley like that's where all the real work is done mm-hmm. which is somewhat true i mean that's oh, where yeah. all of the support is and now at this point they're doing more and more technical stuff in bangalore and it's really kind of eclipsing a lot of what american jobs are doing mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting like, i i don't know if it's like if they're trying to say that like like america's mistake was outsourcing and now they're going to take over or if the message is actually supposed to be like oh like we think we're taking over but we're all we're actually just doing their bidding mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think that's it well and that's something that i feel like you hear in um, modern day talks too about how like china being this like growing power and stuff like it but i thought i thought that the quote at the beginning was really interesting about where he was like america was so yesterday india and china are tomorrow but um because i don't really know that much about like the growth and um, all these things that are happening like in India and China. Um, but it is this movie, I feel like highlights it a lot. I think it's very, I did get a very big chuckle out of me when uh, he was writing to the Chinese president and he's like, you guys are s- such like you oh, big fans. Of- <laughs> yeah. he, he said fans uh, of democracy well, and freedom and individual liberty. The Chinese are lovers of freedom <laughs> yeah. and individual liberty. <laughs> You're like, um, what? That's very funny. Cause like, it's like the perfect thing to say to like them because a like Chinese leader. Yeah. A Chinese leader. Because they're like, yes, like we stand for the like freedom, but really they're like, nah, you can only have one kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they got a lot going on over uh-huh. there about that. I think one of the interesting arcs of the whole movie was that as a kid, he was shown this socialist leader that was looked up to the entire time he was growing up. He was told that he was the white tiger. And then Growing, growing up and then growing up in the world and driving for this guy, he kept seeing this woman all over the place. He met her in real life. And I think one of the interesting things was that she turned out to be receiving bribes from all those people. And so she was kind of looked up to as she came from the lower caste. She was this person that made it from nothing. And now she's up there and she's doing good for the small guy. And then it turns out that she was doing the stuff that everyone else She's was just doing. playing the same game. She's just everybody else. So I wonder if that was part of him feeling vindicated in doing what he did. Yeah. Doing what he did at the end. Yeah. So maybe she showed him the world is so unfair that you just have to take what you're given. Yeah, I thought like, and they did like they they hinted at her so much in the beginning of where there was just showing a shot of her poster and like even the subtitles would just say the great socialist and like they they hinted at her a lot and then that first 
meeting with um, the, the family. I don't even know the names, but anyway, the rich family that he was serving, like that was an eye-opening scene because like when she just completely says like, pay us this money right, to like keep me and then like, or, and she just completely disrespects everyone there and walks out. I was like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. But then how, and then they have to make their decision of like playing the politics game. Um, but it just, yeah, I mean, it just shows you that overall it's pretty corrupt in general, but. And that was another thing where I was kind of going back and forth when he kills the guy, then obviously that, so he shits, and then he goes and then it like kind of leads up. He seems to be going crazier and crazier and then he kills the guy. And then he says, uh, I am in the light and everyone else is sleeping. I was like, this guy's fucking insane. Yeah. You know? When he, when he said like the story about, are you a man or a God? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, he was just on a different level. Like I'm thinking this guy's a total sociopath. But then at the end, when he's talking about to the camera, he breaks the fourth wall yep. and he's like, I got out of the chicken coop. Then that really makes you wonder because it's like, if you were in that situation, wouldn't you feel vindicated in killing someone? If you're, in the cage basically yeah like i mean if it's if it's like if the cycle's that fucked up of being like in the cage and there's no way out but you find a way to break out of it and you have to do a few things to like get out yeah do you like i mean then that's kind of like the good versus evil like is he really yeah is is does that justify his actions mm -hmm. in the end um because he just played the kind of like kind of beat the game or like yeah of the cycles of poverty but and one other thing that he said is if he ever got caught he would have told them that it was worth it all just yeah. for one hour of realizing what it would be like to not be a slave. And well, that like makes me that, cause that always made me think about, I remember at the end he said, he said, now my belly is full. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of like a, a theme that they hit on a few times. It's just like the, one of the first questions he's asked by the servant or like the family that he's serving was there like, what caste do you come from? Um, and it was either the low or the high. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's two types of people. He's like, there's the ones with their, their bellies full and the ones that they're empty. Um, and yeah, so at the end when he was like, he's like, I would tell everybody what I did just to, yeah, for an hour. To yeah, so this. that made me think more, okay, this guy knew what he was doing. He wasn't a sociopath. He was just, that's what he felt like he had to do. And it was all worth it. If he ever got caught, he would be fine with it. And you probably do have to be very insane to want, like, I mean, to want that, that badly you have to be some sort of level of crazy but he, yeah I'm, I'm convinced at the end he wasn't a sociopath or just a psycho at all he was just a really driven person to <laughs> figure it out and make it for himself yeah i, I mean i i think man i guess I, I i think he was probably like a crazy person but i think they all were right. like even like um what's his face Ashoka or whatever his name is. Um, Ashok. Oh, Ashok. So the other thing he took on yeah. his name. Yeah, that was, was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because um, in the car scene when he was like, he's like, my name is Ashok. Call me Ashok or whatever. And he was just like, it's such a dumb name. I hate that name. Yeah, and the driver's just like, it. I like it. And he was just like, you can have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at the end, I was like, whoa. Um, that was wild. I didn't even pick up. On so that. actually, I'm gonna say the opposite of what I was about to say. I think Ashok was like not like a crazy person and like didn't have like a little bit off in him. Like, I think he was like kind of too normal to succeed in this because like he didn't really like follow up or like do anything that he said he was going to do. Like, oh, I'm going to like raise you up out of poverty and like I'm going to like do good for the world or whatever. And like he just kind of like was stuck in the cycle of like, oh, nope, I'm just going to obey my family and like do what's best. 
for my family. And that was part of what made the main character crazy is because he would look at him. And I remember there was a scene where he said, people that are given wealth or grew up in this, they have opportunities to throw away. But he said, my people don't have that luxury. We have to take what's given to us. And so I think he was kind of resentful of Ashok having all of that opportunity that he was throwing away. He yep. wanted to all this stuff in Bangalore and then just never did. Yep. And even like um, Nick Jonas's wife, um, Pinky, uh, and Ashok, like how they treated Balram. Like they're like, oh, like you're, you're like, you're like our equal. They're the much. only ones that treated him pretty but much. But then like at the same time, person. they'd like be like total dicks to him also. Well, and they didn't, they didn't really stand up for him when like, I mean, obviously it'd be very like, that's the whole cycle of like the wealth and like protecting the wealth that when she runs over that person um, and they don't do it, like initially they're like, we need to do something about this. We need to call the cops. And that's their initial reaction. And Belaram saves them from that. But then they never really step up after that. They just let him, especially the guy, Ashok or whatever, he lets Belaram take the hit. Um, yeah. And he fully resents it for like the rest of the film for that. But it's it's like their idea is like you shouldn't like beat the slaves, but like they're still slaves, like type of deal. Right. And it, like it made me think a lot about, um, especially when he was he was planning to steal the money when he was playing like on that last scene where they were entering the car, um, or when that when whatever his name was like delivering all the money, um, and he was planning to kill him and take the money, and he like. Ask, and he like says it, which I thought was so weird. But he was just like, "I want to bash your skull in and take your money." So I don't think he actually said that. Right? Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't couldn't sure. Decide. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought either, it was like, a dream or a daydream or something. Yeah. But then they like quickly go right into what's his face, re- like responding. They and never saying, played it off. Yeah, I, like I, I think, I think what it was is like I don't think he actually said anything at all. I think he just like kind of like stood there and looked at him. He's like, "Oh, I know what's wrong. You miss your home." Yeah, the way that Ashok or whatever acted was like he said nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's actually a cool little yeah. director piece on that. Um, but when he like gives him like what he said, he's like, this is like, Oh, this is enough to buy me a one way ticket. Um, it just makes me think about like when you think it like the rich being very charitable and being like giving a lot back, but they're not doing things that really change the way that people live. Like, I mean, you're like, I mean, giving a poor person a little bit of money doesn't really change their life at the end of the day. Um, and you're still living your life. I don't know. It just made me, it made me think about like that kind of bigger picture idea of what good does giving back like just a small amount of money really do for someone. And it was interesting on that point when he got the money from Pinky for taking her to the airport, she gave him 93,000 rupees or something. Which was, he said was three months. And there was that scene where he's beating himself up, not physically, but in his room, just tearing himself apart mentally, trying to think of why she gave him that amount. And she was like, was it a hundred thousand minus a little bit or why would she do that? That's not how rich people think. Like what the fuck was she trying to tell me? And he could never figure it out. And maybe it just meant nothing, but he couldn't figure out what. Yeah. It was probably just like, that's the money she had. Yeah. It was probably just whatever was in her wallet or whatever. Yeah. And that again, that makes me think about the scene where he was driving near the end and he gave that homeless guy like coins, not even a lot. And there, and his, his masters were mad at him for that. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I didn't even, but I mean, it makes sense maybe that, that, that they're angry for him for doing that because they won't do that to like that homeless person. But I don't know. Oh, that, that whole, like, I think there's the whole theme of like the rich giving back with their money, but like what, at, like at what point are they, do they really care about what problems they're solving? Right. makes me think about that. Mm-hmm. But I was hoping that it was going to be a little bit more of like gangster shit because they opened the movie and maybe you guys can cut to this song in the podcast. Just the rock 
Mike in the building. Khalid. Overseas, a Punjabi MC in the rock. I came to see the mommies in the spot. On the count of three, drop your body like it's hot. One, young, two, you, one, two, three, young hoes, a snake charmer. Move your body like a snake mama. Make me wanna put the snake on ya. I'm on my eighth summer. Still hot, young's the eighth wonder. All I do is but get bread. They the movie yeah, with that wonder. one song, and then the Jay Z comes yeah. in, and I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be sick. Yeah. <laughs> And the soundtrack never, in general was sweet. Yeah, it was good. They never really quite got to that place. Like it was towards the end of the movie where he actually owned his own company and stuff. But uh, I really thought that when that came in, I was like, "Wow, this is gonna be crazy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was so pumped when I heard Jay Z come in. I and I did think that like initially when we read the synopsis and um, like like we said like I, I didn't see the trailer beforehand. Um, so I didn't really know exactly what it was going to take, but this was a lot darker than I thought. I thought it was going to be kind of just about his come up and him working really hard. Um, kind of like the typical entrepreneur story, mm-hmm. starting from nothing, growing up to being like who he is. Um, they're the wealthy owner of this company, but, um, I like how they kind of took a really, really dark aspect of that and a dark growth. Um, but I did think it was going to be kind of like Wolf Wall Street or like gangster, or like from the very beginning. That's yeah. kind of my thought. Yeah, it was a lot kind of longer of the beginning part of the story. And I thought it was going to be more intense. Yeah. Oh, and really quick, going back on like the cycles, I think one of the ones that kind of showed up later in the movie was when he was beating that rock with the rod. Oh, And yeah. it made me think about that first scene when he got pulled from school and they were like, yeah, you got to got, you got to start working now. Um, he's like, and he was like telling him to break whatever that was like the charcoal. Um, and he was just like, imagine this is my skull that you're bashing. <laughs> I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's dark. But that's basically like what he carried with him for the rest of the movie. I think that's so on IMDb, I just like to kind of go to the trivia section and see if there's anything interesting. And the first one is there, there is the concept of karma shown in this movie. The servant ends up riding out the Muslim driver to a shock and he loses his job over the lie. Then the servant uh, gets blamed for the death of a child that Ashok's uh, wife hit in Delhi, serving a lie. So there's, I don't quite understand what that meant, but I think that is a theme where like, what are you talking about? My God, pull Pull yourself together. There's some sort of prevalence in there about karma. My brain's just too dead to figure it out right now. (laughs) No, I'm following you. I mean, there's, that I don't know how it plays into the end though. What do you think? Because he then he kills the guy, which you could see from a shock's perspective. Like he made the driver take the blame. He kind of didn't really do a very good job with speaking to his wife about that, mm. and maybe that was the karma that came back to him. But I don't know about what. Yeah, maybe we just haven't then. seen um, new shock's karma yet. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's probably got a lot of karma coming back mm-hmm. at him. The other quick point that I wanted to talk about, which we, we talked about in the film 
while it was happening, but the, which <laughs> I think is very interesting, but how they're, we, I asked why they're calling everybody a sister fucker. Oh yeah. I was like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, why does this fucking, like, why does I always say like a sister fucker? I was like, I've never even heard that, but you, <laughs> you knew this. So I, I've read a couple books and they're based in India. And one of the big part of the books is learning to curse in India. And it's like a huge part of the, part of the culture and specifically the driving culture. When you're driving, you have to know how to cuss at everyone as you're driving or else you won't be able to get through the streets and it kind of touches us in the movie when he's learning how to drive yeah and, the, and he's and, like you better assert yourself or you're not going to get anywhere and he was telling him to yell at the other guy and yeah. he does it and the driver's like nice he's like cut him off call him a sister fucker <laughs> <laughs> and he's like okay <laughs> but yeah there's uh, a bunch of different insults and that's like something that kind of in the street culture in india is really uh revered as the ability to cut someone out with a uh, great uh, vocabulary and so <laughs> there's this whole range of cussing which we kind of had the same thing but it seems more rich in india like there's yeah. sister fucker there's brother fucker like all this stuff and there's a lot of like anti uh gay stuff like homophobic they called a bunch of guys faggots and stuff. yeah they oh, yeah. oh they threw that around all the time and his driver buddies but i was telling you guys that there's kind of this scale and like sister fucker homo like all that stuff but once you get up to motherfucker that's like you don't say that to anyone <laughs> if you call someone a motherfucker they'll stab you <laughs> so motherfucker is the peak yeah. of all the insults yeah and like you don't talk about don't talk about anyone's mom in india or they'll <laughs> fucking kill you that's, <laughs> that's so what crazy because so like books. here it's like you're like oh what's up motherfucker yeah <laughs> wow that's good to know if i ever go to india because yeah but their sister it's totally fine sister fucker yeah that's totally fine <laughs> that's so weird that's so wild that's like a good piece of trivia for sure well and then going into like one of the other things i didn't write it down but the um the other drivers a crazy we pointed out yeah. when all these drivers and servants just live in the basement of the hotel of their masters very wild and they have their little gambling ring and like all these things um but it made me think a lot about like when he wanted to be separated from them like it was that was kind of like his white tiger moment like a moment for me like where he he kind of recognized who they were and he was just mm -hmm. like i don't want to be a part and i think what it happened actually was when they started talking about like fucking his sister and his family or whatever yeah, he's like don't yeah. bring my mother and my sister into this yeah and he like walks away from that and then ever since then he like moves his room further away and he wants to be like isolated from them and they're like we always see you you're alone all this time but it kind of makes you think about like you are who you hang out with and he just saw those people and he was like i'm not like them i'm a white tiger but those drivers are crazy and that like whole culture behind like there's a bunch of servants that all have these tricks up, mm -hmm. up their sleeves about how they live their life it was very wild and it could have gone either way too. It was either he's separating them him from the those other drivers because he was the white tiger and he saw if I keep associating myself with these people that are so ingrained into the servant culture, I'm going to become that, which I get. But then the other part of me was like worried about him just being alone all the time. And I was like, is this guy a sociopath? Yeah. Because they were just giving him shit. And then he was like, at that time, I made a promise to myself to never tell anyone my thoughts. Yeah, ever never again. share my thoughts like, again. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably. I mean, hanging out with all those other drivers, like there's a lot of little things that were probably peeking up and like like adding to the. But that like I don't know what the last needle in the haystack was, but that was probably a big part of it was those other drivers, um, and then yeah, and, and him wanting to isolate like that made him very crazy probably. Mm -hmm. But 
another thing that I just remembered that is never explained at all, which I don't know if you guys have an explanation for, but he's at the his dad's funeral and he's talking about the white tiger stuff and then he passes out. And then he goes to the, what was the zoo, second time I he think. passed out? At the zoo? Yeah. yeah. He's watching the actual white tiger and then he passes out. But they never explain why he passes out. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about what? The feet. Oh, yeah. The feet was weird. <laughs> That's I what I thought you were like going to mention. But... Oh, well, th- I think that was just because the body was yeah. burning. Yeah. yeah. And that was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> they did keep showing the feet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they showed it twice. No, I don't have an explanation for that at all. I yeah. have no I idea. I thought that was weird that they never, I thought they were going to explain like, something about how he was receiving some sort of information or epiphany or whatever when he was like yeah censoring yeah i have absolutely no idea i don't know if like maybe it's like overwhelmed of some sorts and i thought it made way more sense when he was a kid yeah it's like his dad dad just died or whatever but then he's at the zoo and he has like a seizure with his uh nephew and no there's no detail around and like if it would have been two moments that were like somewhat similar in like the emotion that they give you but they're not like, I mean, seeing your dad, like his funeral and like his body burning yeah. versus just seeing a white tiger. Like, I feel like that, like to me, that just doesn't. Yeah. So I don't really know what that was all about. That was pretty weird. Yeah. That was, that was pretty weird. I wonder what he'd have to say about that. The director, but yeah, yeah I have, I don't think I can even come up with an explanation for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. A lot of this movie, I felt lost. Like, not that I didn't understand what was going on, but I was like, why are they doing like, certain directorial choices and that's probably the one that sticks out the most yeah the one thing that i love is i think in the u.s there's a lot of sequels and movies that are somewhat unoriginal and i'm not sure if it's a bollywood thing or just the movies that i've seen of bollywood but they're so original it's like they're going through their own new renaissance of developing all these new stories and this entire movie is told through his letter to the Chinese yep. uh, businessman or government. I'm not sure. I think it was the government. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just thought the that prime was minister, so, I think that was so new. I've never heard of that or even thought that that would be a great plot line. Yeah. Well, and I, I do really like how they um, it, like, I, yeah, I totally forgot that this was kind of him telling the story from that letter. Um, but every time they cut back to him, he never looked like happy or like he, he, he never, he looked like accomplished maybe, or like, and kind of just like stoic, but um, he never looked like he was like on top of the world and happy, but it was kind of interesting to see him grow throughout the movie. And then it always cuts back to him sitting at his laptop and he almost looked like just like a tough, strong, like someone that was just beaten and, um, but grew from that. I don't know, but I thought it was interesting to see that comparison of his character's growth versus where he was at the end. Yeah. I've talked about that whole, like original ideas in Hollywood are very scarce, in the past like 15 years so it is definitely very nice to see like an original story that's interesting though about the uh the happiness <laughs> i never uh i never put that together that he was never really smiling or laughing at the end yeah and it was somewhat i mean you could definitely tell he's more confident oh yeah he he was more he was way more himself at yeah. the end like i mean for the first half of the movie when whenever he was working for these other people like he'd show up to the gate um, he like obviously he had to put on a face to get the job. He had to do all these things to get where he was, but he was just acting, basically for mm-hmm. the most part. I think for the first half of his life. Right. Um, they also kind of alluded to, which I forgot about, the fact that his whole family probably was murdered. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, he was just like, yeah, I never saw them again. He never even tried to reach out, and he just created a new life with his nephew. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So, so, okay, so they never, because when they showed his family getting murdered the first time, that was kind of like a hint of like, 
if you do that, I something. I think that was his imagination. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But that's not something that actually was happening. No. Not but, necessarily. But probably did. Well, then he was reading the newspaper later and it said family of 17 was murdered in Rajasthan. Oh, well, I didn't even, I missed that. Oh, I mean, he's yeah. reading the newspaper. Down. So in, after he's made it, he's kind of talking over and it says. Right before the, like the ice cream stuff. Yeah. He says, I, I don't know whatever happened to my family. I never went back there. And he's reading the newspaper and it, the headline is family of 17 murdered in Rajasthan. Jesus, that's dark. And so, but he doesn't know if it's them or not. But he just basically probably assumes that it's them. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think he cares either. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't care. Yeah, that was the weird part. Yeah, it's it's it was more like I took that as like putting it completely out of mind. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, if I did find out that they were actually dead, it would probably like spiral him, and he'd probably like try to like kill the people that did. But he's like, but it doesn't really affect me. I haven't seen him in like five years, so who cares? Well, and I think he kind of knew that once he did this act of killing his master and taking the money. There wasn't really any option for him. Like, I yeah. mean, he couldn't go back to his family because, like, yeah. I mean, once they find out that he's alive still, or, like, they find the dead body and he's not with the dead body, they're going to go murder his family. Like, that's just probably what was going to happen. So and he like, just even was left with no option. He would, like, I kind of took them as, like, kind of leeches of, like, he wouldn't be able to have the success because they would, like, pretty much force him to, like, give them, like, half their money and whatnot. Yeah. Which is just like part of the culture there, but like you can, I kind of, the other like kind of thing I got out of that was like his family was really holding him back in like that culture of poverty. Yeah. I, I did think that his grandma was a really interesting like character, like an or idea of like a family. Um, what's the, like the leader of the family? Matriarch. 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 Yeah. Um, because she was making all the decisions for her, his brother, for the family, for like him. And he was lucky that she, like allowed him to go do this thing, but he kind of slowly realized that he was like, I'm not going to do what she says. Um, and what she was telling her family to do didn't really help, help them maybe survive, but not really live. It was great how they went through the movie where you never know what's going to happen because at so many points I was thinking you could totally make this movie completely different ending. If you have, he gets caught for killing the guy and goes to jail or whatever. And then it come, comes back to like the grandmother is there. And she's like, I told you the whole time you should have been with your family. And then it becomes more of like a family movie. Yeah. Like it was all about family and he fucked up and whatever. Yeah, it was kind of anti-family yeah. across the board yeah. for all of the families, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of, yeah, fucked. like even yeah, because no one was happy with what their family was telling like, like, yeah. even, shook, pinky. like his even pinky. Yeah. yeah pinky no, and pinky. the other girl or that yeah. her husband, mm-hmm. man, and well, and so I was looking up because this was based on the novel, um, which I saw was a New York Times bestseller. Um, but the author of the book, this is what he writes about his novel. He said that it attempts to catch the voice of the men you meet as you travel through India, the voice of the colossal underclass. Um, the white tiger was to capture the unspoken voice of the people of the darkness, the impoverished areas of rural India. And he wanted to do so without, yeah, sentimentality or portraying them as mirthless, humorous weaklings as they usually, as they are usually. So that's pretty fucking. And it makes you think a lot about this entire culture that lives in basically slavery. Mm -hmm. And so that he killed one guy, but there have been wars fought over stuff similar to this or specifically this for thousands of years so to have one guy die is kind of jarring in the movie but really 
he may have been vindicated in that. Yeah. And the just kind of saying we should break out of this and the socialist ideas that he grew up with, maybe that's kind of trying to dive into a deeper movement in India. Yeah. And like, it's almost like he knew that he was getting replaced and you can't think that him getting replaced is like, oh, like you're fired. It's probably more like you're dead. You're dead. And <laughs> we're going to throw you in the ditch. Yeah. And they might because given the past. Right. Well, yeah. Given what he knows. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like an act of self-preservation. But along with that, it's also an act of being able to like lift himself up. That's an interesting point, which I never thought of, is that they may have actually been planning to kill him yeah. because of what he knew, and they didn't really think he was worth that much, so it might have just been And then what easier. happens when you corner a white tiger? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you get a bottle to the head. I actually thought that in that moment, he was going to decide not to kill him. Like, we, we talked about it yeah. when it did happen. I thought that he was going to take the bottle outside and be like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't do this, and he's going to throw the bottle out to the side and be like, all right whatever and maybe that's the alternate ending that we're talking about where he goes back to his family or i don't know something like that something completely different happens but it was kind of shocking to me when he did actually follow through with the murder it's interesting because i don't think he really had to kill him yeah couldn't he have just i i thought the whole time he's going to threaten him with the bottle leave him on the side of the road steal the car and the money and then drive obviously the family's coming after him anyway yep the uh victim's family so like he didn't save himself. And, and he honestly, like, they, they even the like made a point of like uh, Shok like leaving his phone in the car, like when he got out. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did see that. that. Yeah, like he like. You mean the, his, the rich guy? Yeah, the rich yeah. guy left his phone in the car like when he got out to like check on the tire, and so like he wouldn't have even had a phone to like call his family and be like, "Hey, get here right now." The guy's got the car. Right. I think it was that just shows part of his, the little part of him that probably was insane, that he just needed to needed to do this for himself mostly just because the idea of the rich person well and then he did assume his name after he killed him yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty dark he's pretty he is kind of psycho <laughs> he's for sure a little psycho. yeah well i mean like i think it like goes to like the whole thing of like if you are going to be great at something you have to be a little bit off like tom brady not a sane human being but an amazing quarterback. Well, and like when you watch like the last dance and they talk about how Michael Jordan was like sometimes like an asshole to everybody. And like sometimes he was just kind of so particular and so kind of crazy in just his like. Right. It's like his like detail. motto was like, do you want to have fun playing basketball or do you want to win six championships? Yeah. To have that competitive. Yep. And I think edge. that's what we see in him is it's like it's like in him and like his the rich guy's brother and like even the dad. It's like. They're like, we don't really care who we make mad, who we kill, who we like mess with if it means that we get to rise further to the top. Yep. That's my that's what I'm taking away is that he's the Michael Jordan of India. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan of India. <laughs> All right, well, should we get into some scoes? Yeah. Anything else to add before we do? No, I think I'm good with the Michael Jordan of India. Yeah, that's I think that's a, good. That's a good wrap-up way point. to wrap it up. <laughs> um, so from the aggregators, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 75% on Metacritic. I can go first. Um, and by the way, we always let the guests go last. Um, I am going to give this film, I think, an 85. I I really liked it. Um, I think, and I don't, I, uh, there's... I don't know really why. I guess I don't have much of a reason for why it doesn't break into that like 90s, 95. Um, but I think that 
overall it was a really good film. I would highly suggest it to anybody. Um, yeah, it was dark. It was motivating a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to be pretty close to you. I'm going to give this an 81. Um, again, I don't know what it could have done to kind of get up into the nineties, but I, I think it just wasn't quite as gripping as maybe the story let it that it like it could have been. Um, it was still definitely very enjoyable. Um, another one where I'd be like, somebody was like, what should I watch on Netflix? I'd be like, Oh, watch the white tiger. It's a good movie. Like you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah. So an 81 for me. Yeah. I'm going to go a little higher. I'd say 87 for me. I thought just for originality and the story that they brought, I kind of agree with Jacob. I think it could have been more gripping. A lot of the scenes were not quite, pulling you into the movie the entire time, but the overarching story I thought was great. And the way that they pulled in a lot of different, like the socialist agenda, and then you learn about some of the caste system and how that works. I thought it was a really interesting movie. Yeah. And I, I do think that like the originality was really good. And when you just said like it, but it, for some reason, yeah, I wasn't as gripping as I would think it would be like knowing what this movie is about. Um, and, and now that I've seen it, I'm like, Oh yeah, why was I not more like gripped and like sucked into like this story? Um, but the one once you said that though, it did make me think really quickly about the scene that I thought was that we haven't talked about that was the craziest to me um, was when he was on the street and the homeless woman was asking him for a rupee. Oh, right. and he totally just had a blow up, and like that to me was almost the scene that maybe like grabbed me the most in the second half. That other than like probably the murder scene, but um, where I was like, holy shit this is serious. Like this is, <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, he's just a homeless woman that's asking for one rupee and he just completely has his blow up and says, I'm not like, nobody here is doing good. Right. He's like, I can't give you what I have because I have nothing. Yeah. That was probably his best like acted scene. And that was an interesting thing that he played on the entire movie, which was he's an entrepreneur. That's, this is what I've made for myself. Why should I give it to you for free? And so there was that kind of sense in the movie and that reminded me of another line that he has after he kills the guy. I think it was after he was in that apartment for four weeks or whatever, he said it really affected him. And then after four weeks, he was able to get out of the house. But he says, I've been a social entrepreneur, but now I'm moving into business entrepreneurship. Yep. And that's when I was like, this guy's fucking crazy because <laughs> yeah. he's a social entrepreneur because he killed a guy for money. That's <laughs> yeah. like his entrepreneurship. Yeah, that wow, is that. that that's a very good point. Uh, and it, I think it's a great one to wrap it up on. So that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. And we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure they're all five stars. And if you don't, I'm going to look you in the eyes and take off my pants and shit on the floor. <laughs> That's better than social entrepreneuring, somebody. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. When you come to the end of the line with a buddy who is more than a brother and a little less than a wife, getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. You're still here? It's over. Go home.
KAU